This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening. Oh, f- already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shush. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. Well, this is, what, third time lucky, really? We have had so much trouble trying to record this podcast, but finally we're here being beamed into your ears. Uh, only three of us tonight. We have Sam. Hello. And we have Fraser. Good evening. And myself, Nick. Hello. Um, obviously, uh, we speak to you, having last spoken to you before, back-to-back games away at Swindon. The first, a 3-0 win in the Johnson's Paint Trophy, as I shall continue to call it, followed by a... Uh, <sighs> We're 1-1 draw against Swindon. I had the perfect adjective in mind. It's a bit flat. I think flat was the word I was going for. Um, Fraser, you were there. What were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think flat was probably the best way of describing it. I think um, the first half especially was incredibly boring. Um, I'm not sure if that was because both teams were playing poorly or because both teams cans each other out, but the uh, end result was the same. It was a boring first 45. Uh, second half was a little bit... A little bit better, a little bit more adventurous, um, but again, it was it wasn't great, was it? It was it was just quite dull. Yeah, really, really underwhelming game. It has to be said. Um, I feel that uh, if ever there was a game for us to have so many technical problems recording the podcast, it isn't the one. Because for all the delays, you would have expected a really good conversation at the end of it. But uh, no, there isn't a lot to say about this game. Really, it was very, very dull indeed. I came out of it livid, thinking, well, we were lucky to get a draw out of that. But then when I actually thought about it, I realised, no, no, we weren't. Because however bad we were, Swindon were just as bad, probably even worse. Neither team were really looking to get the ball down and play, which, you know, for all the fact that our league position isn't as good as people would have liked to do, we have definitely been at our best performance-wise this season when we have got the ball down and passed it around like Ryan Lowe wants us to. But no, we played very long ball. They played very long ball. Neither team seemed interested in playing the possession game. And, yeah, it was a 1-1 draw, whereby neither team looked particularly good for large spells. It has to be said, we definitely had the last better of the last 20-25 minutes. We were a lot better when Joseph Baxter came on. We were a lot better when George Cooper came on. And I think probably that 25-minute spell meant that we aged it over the 90 on balance. We were probably the better team. If anyone was going to get a winner, it would have been us. As well as our goal, we had 
Obviously, Rudd missed two one-on-one chances. Um, uh, Sarcevic, although he wasn't in a very good position to score, he hit a spectacular volley that drew a, a great uh, leaping save from the Swindon keeper, who, for some weird reason, wasn't Luke McCormick. But, yeah, whatever. Drew a great save. And, yeah, we, we certainly looked more likely, to get, more likely to get a second goal out of the two, but wasn't to be. And, yeah, both teams went home for a point, and neither team looked like they warranted the hype. There's a couple of things that are making me smile about this. Is number one... Um, this is about as far as we got first off celebration because this is how far we got last night before technical issues hey. forced us to stop. Literally the same points made. I called it flat. Fraser agreed it was flat and Sam made exactly the same point. Um, and yeah, two obviously this is where we had to break up. So pat on the back for making this far. Um, you're quite right about um, first half in particular being flat. Um, the possession uh, stats kind of tell part of the story, which is first half 50-50. Virtually the same kind of possession and you know, pretty pretty bland and boring. And then you've got second half, two thirds Argyle, one third Swindon, which you know reflects the greater strength on the ball, particularly when Baxter came on. Um, I do think there was a good spell, to be fair, of of good twenty twenty five minutes where Argyle could have um, could have really pushed home. It, it just didn't quite happen. I, I think it was for whatever reason. It didn't quite work, but there was that that spell where we looked quite dangerous at times. Um, I think we're sometimes guilty of trying to play pass for the sake of passing, a little bit like Arsenal used to be, of just pass, 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 and 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 someone sometimes needs to take the onus and um, uh, and you know play a more adventurous pass or have a shot. Um, but I, I, it wasn't all bad. We we shouldn't paint it in that sort of reflection but it, it wasn't great on the, on the I other hand I thought it helped us that Swindon being a counter-attacking side when they obviously they only took the lead with what a minute or two left of the first half um, given that they took the lead so late in the uh, first half they came out with an inclination to sit back and that you know helped us have that great share of possession um, so the possession itself isn't entirely reflective because they battled until then and after that was all happy to sit back and try and hold us off and the first time we really saw them after all that well I wouldn't really call it too much like pressure but possession at the very least followed by a short spell of pressure the only time they actually came back out and attacked and counterstruck was um, after we drew level yeah I think you're going to see that quite a lot though aren't you I think um, we, we've obviously got talent in the team and, and we've obviously been identified to many teams as a threat 1-0 um, Swindon, you know, probably support. You know, let's just hold on. They're not doing a great deal here. Let's, but they've got some quick and they've got some good, talented players. So let's not give them too much space needlessly, and um, let's just try and ride it out. You know, obviously they'll they'll be disappointed that didn't happen. Um, but on another day, you know, they weren't apart from a few run chances. It wasn't like other games where we saw and we had four or five great chances. So um, yeah, I, I can see why they did what they did. It's interesting that despite such a, again, flat performance, because it was flat for so long, we still ended up with three one-on-ones. And Brunnen's missed two. And Joel Grant has uh, scored one, his one, to earn us a point. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of, it's odd to be thinking that, you know, we weren't that great. And let's face it, centre-mid, Mayor and Sars, which both were pretty poor, both quite flat. And yet both then created a one-on-one in the first half too, as such. So it was it was just a bit surreal. I, when Joel Grant actually equalised, almost 
almost didn't celebrate because I was almost sort of caught off guard by the fact we'd actually scored and produced this moment of quality because it just was so non-keeping with the rest of the game a bit like Swindon's goal was virtually their only moment of quality throughout the entire 90 minutes yeah I think Danny Mayer had a what I'm going to call almost a typical Danny Mayer performance this has been oh, Argyle no, like hard. he no no I think I, I think Danny Mayer has you can see that he's, he, he's definitely the best player in the team right don't get me wrong he's clearly the best player in the team and then he'll do for 60 minutes he'll go absolutely missing and you might as well stick a fork in the ground and then he'll just he'll just slide past three players like they're not even there and you're like Danny have you been doing that for the last 60 minutes we four five six nil up by now um, and, and there were moments when I think I can't remember which half it was now where he did precisely that he went past three or four players like like they were just cones and it was a training session you're like he infuriates me Danny Mayer because I think he's incredibly talented but we're not seeing it regularly and we're not seeing it consistently and um, and I think that, that sort of sums up his performance on um, on Saturday I, I don't really agree with that I agree that that's probably a reflection of how he was on Saturday Same. but as a, as a general rule I don't agree with that I think he's had two fairly dodgy games in a row Scunthorpe and Swindon um, but before that, I don't agree. I think the Mansfield game, he was very much involved, uh, very creative. In the Cheltenham game, although we lost 2-0, he, he created enough chance that he could have had two or three assists, but his players didn't finish them. In the Crawley game, he, he was very, again, very involved, created chances, even though he, even though they were, a lot of them weren't finished. And I think he was, he was involved in at least one of the goals, wasn't he? Yeah, it was. It was um, his so magical run that set up the, what we thought was going to be Edwards' winner, if you remember. He did... Dropped his shoulder, yeah, turned, that's right. legged it about 40 yards, pulled all the defenders in, created the space for Sarsovic to lay off for Edwards to slam in. Exactly, yeah. And obviously in our, in our good run in, in, in August, he, he was very good, very much involved. Obviously, even in the Salford game, which we drew, he, he hit a great strike. Um, the Northampton game, even though we lost, I think he was definitely one of, one of our brightest sparks on the day. So I don't think... I think what Fraser described is a fair reflection of him the last two games, certainly Saturday and kind of to an extent the Scunthorpe game. I certainly don't think that's a reflection of Mayer in, in August, September. I think in, in those two months he was like, yeah, he, he obviously isn't amazing all game. He will still produce the odd moment that really stands out. But I think in August, September, he largely did show that his performances were of a generally pretty high quality, even when he wasn't producing the moments of magic, which I think... I think probably that's more of a reflection of the mayor we've seen at Argyle than mayor of um, the Scunthorpe and uh, Swindon games. And heck, even in the Scunthorpe and Swindon games, he's created a big chance per game. So you know, I think I think I'm still very happy with the start he's made. Could it? Could question, it? I think question. it could be better. But yeah, um, gone. So obviously he's picked up his fifth yellow card um, in a. Her- He's been to the Anthony Sarsovic school of tapping. It was a heroic attempt to stop a counter-attack by physically grabbing the goalkeeper as he tried to uh, throw the ball out and just clinging on for dear life, which was as funny as it was ridiculous to watch. I reckon he did it on purpose. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think he just lost his head. I think he. I think he saw that there was an opportunity for a counter-attack and he thought, "Stop it." He probably didn't have five yellow cards in his mind. Nevertheless, fifth yellow card suspended for a game. He's played. He started every league game until now. So the two questions are: one, does he need the rest of that game? Yeah. Do you think fatigue has impacted his last two games? I personally don't. But what do you think? Um, and then two, how do you think we'll cope without him against Carlisle? 
I reckon there's two sides of it. I think on, on, on one side, he's been unfortunate. Um, if you look back to last season, you've got Carey and Ramirez, and it didn't always happen. But if one didn't play well, you then had another star player to look at and, and hope they'd play well. But also it meant that you couldn't really double up on Graham Carey or Ruben Ramirez because if you did, we'd just slide the ball to the other player and they'd, they'd be one over. Danny Mayer doesn't have that. Danny Mayer gets double marks pretty much every game and he does a really good job, as, as I alluded to with his dribbling, at usually getting out of that situation. But let's not kill ourselves, that must be bloody knackering. Um, you know, all the play is coming through Danny Mayer. He's being double marked, so he must be, you know, he's only human and he is a League Two footballer at the end of the day. He's not Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, and I think, you know, we've got two games in a week plus the derby with Exeter. It probably is going to help him having that off because, like I said, I do think he is our best player. So, especially for the game against Exeter, we want to Not see him just play. Exeter. We've got um, Forest Green and Bradford both coming up after that. Three tough ones in four. Yeah, exactly. And, and and I think he's definitely got a big role to play. And I think, you know, to protect any... In this day and age, if, if you want to play any outfield player for 46 games a season, that's just a, that's just a league season. You're going to burn them out, aren't you? Um, I mean, it's a bit early to get five yellow cards. Um, I mean, he's got suspended before Sarsovic has for yellow cards, which, quite frankly, I'd, I'd I consider say, embarrassing. Sarsovic already had a red card. Yeah, well, that was his performance of the season, wasn't it? I mean, goal, red card. On for nine minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of your second question... Which we have to look at as a positive. We can sit there and, and we can moan and go, oh, we haven't got Danny Mayer. We can say, well, actually, results have been pretty poor over the last couple of weeks. Let's just tweak it a little bit. Let's try something about Danny Mayer. Now, that isn't with the idea of dropping Danny Mayer in the future. That's just, we don't want to get ourselves into a situation, and I'm not saying it will happen, but there's always a chance, whereby all the players are looking at Danny Mayer going, well, if Danny doesn't perform, we're, we're buggered. Um, and to be fair, against Swindon, we did all right without him in the first game. Now, I appreciate that it's, um, you know, they played a much weakened team. It's a tournament where, you know, it didn't really look like the Swindon players were playing at 100%. But we, we could look at that as an opportunity as well to see what, you know, slight tweak to the formation, maybe slight tweak to the tactics and obviously the personnel see what else we can do because at the moment results are pretty poor so it can't get much worse I think yeah, it can, can. I think, don't I think... Get five unbeaten those draws can turn to losses or is it five unbeaten <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's what, 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 one, one defeat in six I think it is yeah I, I think it can get worse I think yeah I, I, look, Fraser, oh, I, I think bloody I'm... hope it doesn't get worse guys um, we're, we're mid-table of league at the end, ele- at the end of the day we're 11th 11th leaves a lot of room to get worse um, I think look I see your point the results aren't good and something doesn't need to change but I think you don't want to you don't what, what you, the last thing you want to change is the strongest player so I think you know well yeah I would, there are things I would change I'd I'd go with Nick's suggestion. We need Canavan and Ameson in the same team. I'd certainly give this start, give this long move to the idea of starting as wing back a try. I'd love for Telford or Byron Moore to be back fit. So I think those. I'd even drop McFadden for George Cooper potentially. I think those are all things that could change. Heck, I'd even for his constant shaky performances in the past few weeks aside from the Mansfield game I'd even be tempted to give Mike Cooper a try these are all things that I think I would change we need a klaxon for every time Sam says Mike Cooper should start (laughs) the thing is though we haven't really got a choice about uh, Danny Mayer because he's suspended Sam 
Oh no, so, I agree. So he's got to come out of the team. I agree, but I agree, but you're, but you're but I'm kind of what I'm disagreeing isn't the fact that obviously he shouldn't come out of the team because like you said he's got to, but the idea that you're saying that it, it could be a good thing to try and mix it up, but I, I don't yeah, really but agree. But let's say we um let's say we 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 win five nil at the weekend, right? Let's yeah. just say we we win five nil. We've had a very poor run of results. I think we're like the fifth bottom or joint third bottom in the form table. If we go and win five nil, what does it say to those players if Danny Mayer jumps straight back in the team? Oh now, yeah, of course. Wrong, like, of course, I wouldn't bring him back in. Let's not like, do like, all the hypotheticals because if we do win five nil, we can discuss that then. Otherwise, this, exactly. this, we always get out the same. We win five nil. When I, I, we win five nil. Yeah, I, I, look, if that happens, Let, of course I would yeah, bring him back get, in. Don't, don't get stuck on that though. But look, what, what I will say as, as a response to that is that one of our best performances last season, maybe even the best performance, performance all season, was, was Fleetwood home when we won 2-1. Uh, and Kerry was out of the team suspended and Kerry didn't come back in the next game and then we lost 2-0. So yeah, look, obviously if that very unlikely scenario happened, Mayor wouldn't come back in. But the point I'm making is, even if we had a one-game bounce, that doesn't mean that we're a better team without Mayor because possibly possibly our best performance last season, or if not, certainly in the top five best performances last season, came without Kerry. So, you know, ultimately it's, 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 a, it's a contributing factor. It doesn't mean we'll win, it doesn't mean we'll draw, it doesn't mean we'll lose. But as a general rule of thumb, I think we are weaker without Mayor. And that's that's probably not going to change your respect of Saturday. Um, shall we look at a positive? Um, and you might not have all seen them such, but I, I saw positives in Joel Grant's performance on the weekend, and definitely in his performance during midweek. Obviously, two and two of him, both uh, similar goals in terms of the position he took up, and then the finish into the opposite corner. He was involved in both the one-on-ones to put Rudden through, decent movement to you know position himself to lay the ball into the yeah. runner and get. You know, each time it was Grant who laid that ball into first Arsovich, then Mayer in the centre attacking mid position as they burst beyond Swindon's midfield, and then they proceed to put Rudden clean through. So, your thoughts on him? I think when yeah. he's fit, he's one of our best players. I think um, we saw that like, he was a huge loss last season when he was injured, and I think he played well again um, against Swindon. I don't think he's he's fully sharp either. I think he's got more to more to offer um, and he might be a nice compliment to Danny Mayer on the other side um, but no I think he's like you said two and two games I think he'll be really up for Exeter in a few weeks who knows um, he's, he's probably the I'm probably the most confident in Joel Grant out of anyone that can play up front at the moment I'm not really convinced by anyone to be honest other than perhaps him um, so yeah I think I think he played well and yeah huge positive what, at the moment let's hope we can keep him fit what about strike partner Rajan ugh He's a weird one, isn't he? He's um, he's got some very good talents. He shows a lot of endeavour. I think he a lot of the runs he makes are sometimes too intelligent for the players in the team. <laughs> you um, you see him see him make a run really early on, and he just uh, and no one's even looking at him. Um, I don't know if that's a communication issue or, or, or perhaps a passing issue. He seems to get himself into good chances as well. He seems to be creating chances fairly regularly, um, getting on the end of them rather than creating them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's, that that's that fair, the movement but, does help create it. You can create the chance yeah. of the movement, but yeah, just so I clarify. Um, but I suppose the the proof in the pudding is, is to use a cliche, is that he's not hitting the back of the net as much as he should be. Now, hopefully, touch wood, he keeps getting these chances. He keeps having a go, and eventually, it gets a little bit of luck. You know, it can be the difference between someone scoring lots of goals and someone scoring an okay amount of goals. 
but likewise he could go the other way because you know we, we've all seen strikers which just couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo no matter how many chances they have um i mean i'd probably keep him there at the moment i mean obviously telford and more are injured presumably um since they seem to have disappeared off the face of the earth um ryan taylor's back on the uh physio table as well um so you know there's no harm in it and he's obviously a young player isn't he he's you know he's very inexperienced he's a young player he's still learning his trade so he he could come good but it's certainly a gamble it's it's not not a guarantee yeah i would like to not start him on saturday if i could but the trouble is, Taylor's injured, Lollis is injured, Byron Moore's injured, and Telford's injured. Lollis was Who dropped. Bloody hell, are we going to start? No, there was, I saw something, something to say. He had a back injury, I'm pretty sure. Okay, but I saw. That, didn't, um, uh, didn't Ryan Lowe call yeah, him out? Didn't Lowe he? Ryan Lowe called him out. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Lowe came. Which I'm not surprised by, really, because the way he played at Mansfield in that last 25 minutes was absolutely shocking. Also, you don't you don't bring a player in from Rangers with the greatest amount of respect to Lolos because we're probably paying some wages for Rudden. I don't, you know, we probably won't be paying him everything. We're certainly contributing a little bit, and then stick him on the bench behind him when he's, you know, I appreciate he's not necessarily hit the heights we'd hoped, but he's not a Vincent Pericard, is he? Um, he's. You mean doing, a, uh, there are some who positives had one in this incredible game. impact in one game and then failed to turn up for the rest of his time with the club. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, well, apart from his yeah, well, appearance. Rod- yeah, Rod- well, Rodden isn't even that. Rodden hasn't even had the impact in one game. That's the difference between him and Vincent Pericard. But no, there are positives to Rodden, for sure. I'm uh, Generally, I find better... I, not that I've not yet watched back. I'm not yet as keen as Nick. I've been watching back the checker trade games. I've not watched it back yet for the ratings. I will do at some point. But uh, that game aside... Rodden I've never watched one Argyle game back in my life. Well, Other I, I, than highlights, I do for the ratings anyway. Not, 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 not for any other purpose, but generally speaking, Rudden's better off the bench when he's a little bit of a bundle of energy against already tired legs. He's not got much grace and subtlety about him. He's not got much technique about him. I think he's best to just come on and charge about a bit like charge, like charge. You know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like like a bull, if you like. Just a bull in a china shop. That's the phrase I'm looking for. But that's the way he's the bull in the china shop. He comes off the bench against already tired legs and runs about. He's not very technical. He's not very refined. I don't want to see him starting very often. But if he you does, see that, that's absolutely he pretty ludicrous. Didn't he have a pretty decent record in Scotland like last season? In the wasn't Scottish it half Championship. Yeah, Sorry, what are you, what are you saying? Him not being yeah. refined is rubbish. Just want to say, the passer. He's made Why? some. I remember. I think he was off the bench against Oldham. Made some intelligent passes. He's good at carrying it forward. He's. I mean, I'm hardly going to say he's up there with our best. I. I don't really know yet because I'm. In my opinion, I don't think he is yet. But he might show something to suggest otherwise. But say he's bull in China shop and treat him like I don't know. Um, uh, like he's Enoch Schwimney. Let's let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. He's he's better than that. Well, he's certainly a good dribbler. I will I will grant you that. I can't really remember the good passes against Oldham. I'm not saying that they didn't exist, but I can't remember them. Um, he's he's a good dribbler. I'll give you that one. But he's he's not. His first touch is really poor, and he can't win headers and he can't hold the ball up. He's got a lot of flaws to his game, but. Maybe maybe pulling the Chinese shop is, is too in uncharitable a spin. Maybe like maybe a wrecking ball would be a better determination <laughs> of what I think Rudden is. It's, it's a bit it's a bit of a wrecking ball. Just let him let him roll on and watch, and watch him go, kind of thing. But I, I don't think I, that's any better than calling him a ball. To be honest, 
maybe, maybe not. But listen, I, I don't think he should be starting week in, week out. I really don't. I've, I'm, I can't remember these good passes against Oldham, but them, them notwithstanding, and of the checker trade game notwithstanding, I, I've not seen really enough to make me think he should be starting week out. And certainly not when we've got, uh, hopefully, Telford and Moore to come back in pretty soon. Please, God, may they be fit soon. But with those two and Joel Grant, I think they're all some way ahead of Rudden, really. And then... I think I probably would still just about have Rudden over Taylor on balance in this system. I think Taylor's a better player for other systems, but in this system, I'd just about have Rudden over Taylor, but I certainly wouldn't have him over any of our, what I would view our best three strikers, which are Grant, Moore and Telford. Well, that's 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 fair enough. Like I say, I, I, I don't think Rudden's particularly amazing. I think hmm. he's he reminds me a bit of Joe Riley in a way that his, the way he treats the position, he makes good runs in behind... He makes you know intelligent runs, like I said. He positions himself quite well, but lacks that finishing touch, which is the reason why Riley shouldn't be first choice right wing back, um, and the reason why Rudden probably shouldn't be, you know, starting up front because it's another big chance he's missed. He missed the chance to win us all three points against Oldham, fluffed it. He's missed two big chances to give us the lead against Swindon, and at the end of the day, that's cost us. Um, the thing is, it's not gonna. Um... If we just stick him on the bench, it's not going to help. It's not going to make the situation any better. Now, I appreciate we need to get points, and I appreciate we're not in the position we want to be in, that, that you know you need to take sentiment out of it. But I do think the big plus for Rudden is that he is, he's getting in these positions. Mm. He, he, he is getting there. And I remember Ashley Barnes, when Ashley Barnes is it, he got a great deal of stick from the Argyle fans. And he hit the post about, you know, more times than any player I've remembered. And Ashley Barnes has gone on to be a really successful Premier League goal scorer. Now, I'm not saying that Rudden is going to be a, a Premier League goal scorer. He may do, he may not. Who, who knows? But we're talking about a striker that is getting in positions to score goals. And I think if he continues to do that, he could well become a good goal scorer. Um, and it will only be time that tells. So if we just stick him on the bench and, and now at this stage of the season... No one's saying he gets written off. off, don't forget. It I mean, could be to our detriment. You go back a month or so when uh, Wooten was dropped. Some people were probably not expecting him to come back into the team maybe until Christmas if then. Your injuries are going to continue to happen throughout the season. He, don't forget, we've got another JPT game coming up in a few <laughs> weeks. It's likely he starts that. He probably starts in the FA Cup. And, of course, league games too. Exactly. I imagine that's, he'll that's, start That's on, even assuming he doesn't start. I imagine he'll start the weekend games as well. For now. Um, we draw against Chelsea. That's th- yeah. uh, Chelsea under-23s. Uh, we're through to the next round of the JPT. That's a uh, that's another potential game. I mean, don't, don't forget we're going to see heavy rotation in those ones. It's not like he's ruled out he's never going to play. What we're saying is uh, drop for now until he can, you know, actually sustain a run of goal-scoring form. Yeah, I'd, I'm I'm inclined to agree with Nick on that one. I think I'd, I'd probably I'd probably would have to start on Saturday because there's nobody else who's, who's going to be available to come in. But I, I as soon as one of our as soon as one of Telford or Moore is back ready to play, unless Rudden has a really good run of form in the meantime between them being fit. As soon as one of those two got fit, I'd put them straight back in for Rudden, for sure. Uh, what about um, what what about Palmer? I mean, again, Nick was taking a mick out of me again about about Cooper, but even if you don't want to put Cooper in, fine, I get that because he was pretty poor against Reading. So even if you don't want to put Cooper in, that that's fine. But what has happened to Palmer? Well, we'll put Joe well, Ryan no, no, instead. Just purely looking at Lee Palmer, Hodges, mate. Palmer as an individual. His <laughs> drop off. Let's in face it, Gary Sawyer is our currently Hodges. He's our third choice keeper at the moment. Yeah, I saw that mentioned the Herald last year. I really would. That, 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 
That, was that, that yeah. mentioned the Herald? Yeah, I'm sure it was. That they, they were kind of asked, I'd like a question, which would be the which would be the outfield player if there were oh, two keepers in, in the game? <laughs> no, I, no, I think it was Sawyer. I think it was actually Sawyer. All right. Cool. All right, you're saying about Palmer, go on. Well, well yeah, I mean, I, his drop-off in performances compared to his level in August when he first came in is really quite staggering. Like, he's, he's still not being dreadful when he means he's still not letting in what we call howler after howler, but this is such a volume of goals that he could do a little bit better for, even not even if it's could rather than should. This is such a volume of goals where he could do a bit better. His command of area isn't quite so rock solid. He isn't quite coming for quite as much and claiming as much of ease as he used to be. His passing, albeit, you know, Swindon, you could say the weather, had a bit of a part to play, but at a general level, his passing is, is really get, getting quite poor to what it was. Are we worried at all about that the poll we saw in August is kind of trending downwards over the over the weeks since? Mm. In all honesty, not worried in the slightest. Really? Do you not think there's been a decline in his performances? I I don't think he's. I think to an extent, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Um, I think you know he started the season really well, like you know probably our best player. Um, but I, I I don't think he's. I don't think it's like with the greatest amount of respect to him because I did stick up to him on this podcast in the past. I don't think it's like Matt Macy last season. Um, there are so many positions in the team that I would improve before Palmer. And 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 as I said, I agree with as that. I say with Cooper in the past as well. Um, I think Cooper is going to go on to be a fantastic goalkeeper. I hope it will. I, I certainly hope he goes on to be a fantastic goalkeeper. I don't think I've ever seen Cooper play live, maybe once or twice, if that. Um, but he's not ready. He's not old enough. He's not ready. His performance, you know, was it he made three mistakes against Chelsea uh, under 23s um, uh, last yeah. season? Um, I think it was two, but yeah, three against Reading. It's, and that, you, you know, Cooper's got to have time to learn and, and to become a good goalkeeper. And I'm sure, you know, for everything I've heard of people that have watched him, they believe he's going to be a huge talent. So I can only take their word for that and, and hope it's going to be the case. But Palmer... <sighs> Is he hitting those really high heights where he was he was pretty much man the match week in week out for the first few weeks? No, but how many players in the last well how many Argyle players have done that consistently? Hit nine you know eights and nines every single week for the whole season. Um, you know not very many. And um, no, I'm, I'm not worried about Palmer in the slightest. You know I'd, I'd be more worried about our, anyone that plays in the centre back at the moment than ahead of Palmer to be honest. I would come back to that and I would say, yes, he's not going to get eight to nines any, you know, week in, week out. I get that, but he's not even really, Mansfield game aside, he did have a good game there, I won't deny that, but Mansfield game aside, he's not even really getting any sevens anymore. He's not even, he's not even getting sevens, he's getting fives and sixes, I would say, pretty much week in, week out. And that's not a, not a great place to be in, really. Um, I have actually got your, um, uh, I, the first thing I did when you started saying that was pull up your player ratings and you're right in what you say for how you're rating him yeah you gave him 5 against Scunthorpe 8 against Manfield but then 5, 6, 7, 6, 5, 6 and then you go before that to Walsall uh, that's when you got 7, 8, 8, 8, 9 so that was the start of the season so you, so you definitely yeah. interpret him as trending down um, sorry I'm just what, how are your uh, ratings fair, compared to that? Five against Swindon, five against. They're pretty similar. I gave him seven, seven against Crawley, Port Vale, um, eight against Mansfield. But then, I mean, I've got six, 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 seven, seven, five, eight, five, five. So yeah, definitely trended down. Don't forget, I gave him a ten on the opening day against Crew, 
8 Colchester, 7 Newport, 8 Salford, 6 Walsall. Um, so I think, I think one of his problems is definitely the distribution. It seems to be declining um, in recent weeks. I was contemplating pulling up some numbers, but I can't be bothered. Um, his, his, his kicking in particular, his distribution, his length distribution has not been as good. And we've been playing out from the back less. So he's been, you know, making fewer short passes and that's taking his overall pass success down. Which is not the be all and end all as a goalkeeper, but that's definitely something that's been noticeable. He actually hasn't had many crosses to deal with recently as well. He's sort of having to deal with one or two per game, whereas he's having to deal with more earlier on in the very first weeks of the season. But I think the big problem, obviously, as you highlighted, is that we're conceding a lot of goals and he's not making altogether too many saves. And, I mean... Yeah. I, I, I'm sort of... I think our goals... I think the goals we've conceded, though, I think I think our big issue so far this season, and a lot of people have, have, have highlighted about going forward, I think our biggest problem this season goes back to to the transfer window and the fact that we only bought in Ameson as a, as a centre back um, who Grant. didn't start the season due to injury of course sorry we bought in Josh Grant um, I don't believe that our defence is good enough um, that's where I think you know we're conceding many goals and I think our defenders are the problem at the moment which is weird because they started the season really well obviously we had a couple of clean sheets to start with don't forget that, that um, was a lot due to Palmer's saving Crew could have had three. Yeah, yeah, there is that. That, that. that is fair. But I think Lowe came in and his focus was on players that could help him create and score goals more than players that could stop us conceding goals. Um, and I think that's been to our detriment um, because in order for that to work, you really have got to score a lot of goals. If you, you know, if it is going to be we're going to score one more than you, but we might concede two. You know, banging in three every week is quite difficult, um, even for teams that are in the top, you know, two or three spots. Um, so, I'd say a lot of our goals lie, lie with the defence more than the goalkeeper. I can understand, obviously, if you're in goal and you're conceding lots of goals, questions are going to be asked. But I'm, I'm quite reassured by, by Palmer so um, far. So, just looking at his overall uh, shots to saves, so he's yet to concede a goal from outside the box, saves all 20, so that's um, on target. That's good, to be fair. That's yeah, good. yeah. So, I mean, We've if, not conceded from outside the box? Not according to this, um, unless the, uh, this is only in the league mind. I think he only played one cup game, that was the game against Bristol Rovers, which was goal conceded inside, inside the box. Anyway, that was definitely oh, his fault. Oh, well, he that dropped one <laughs> cock up, wasn't it? Yeah, he dropped, yeah, the, yeah. He dropped the uh, relatively simple cross. Um, but he has conceded 16 goals from inside the box from 37 shots, which is very high. Not that he should, you know, that makes a comment on whether or not he should have saved any of them, but... I, I see, yeah, you know, it's, 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 there's always going to be questions asked when, when we are conceding more goals than, than you'd want us to concede. I suppose uh, what I'm thinking is, uh, like Sam said, we're ranging into... For a top keeper, you're expecting him to to save a lot more of the could have saves rather than should have saves, or, or, or a higher share of the could have saves. And I'm thinking, uh, Swindon's goal. We think that maybe he could have. 
well, I think what we agreed was that rather than trying to save the shot, he was trying to get to the ball first, which is why he's so low down and allows Doyle to dink it over him. Could he have gone to just block the shot outright and then pick up the spilled ball? Um, Scunthorpe, could he have you know, stopped that first one from going in? It's a very tight angle. You know, Should he have got just a glove on that and pushed it wide? And we're seeing quite a lot of teams not have altogether too many difficult shots on goal and most of them going in. One of the olden goals as well, the first one I feel he could do better for. First, First one is bent well in the corner, but yeah, I see what you mean. With he doesn't you know, position himself great, does he? For it, he doesn't position himself great for that goal. Uh, I remember thinking it was a good shot into the far corner, but um, maybe all I'm thinking is that uh, you look at a couple of saves made against Crew that were fantastic reflex saves. I just want to see a few more of those, and that'll make a difference. But I don't think his uh, spot should be under threat. I don't think he's um, underperforming too much. I think the reason he's got low rating is because he's. Cons- is not because he's necessarily having bad games, but because he's not having much to do. And when he does, it's usually picking the ball out of the net. Like I'm, That's not, I'm not giving better, him yeah. low ratings because I think, oh, we should have saved that, should have saved this. It's more I'm giving him low ratings because, well, what did he do? He passed the ball a bit, he caught a couple of balls, but he also conceded. So what, 6-5, six, 6-5, five, six, five, basically? It doesn't help, does it? He it does have help. a very high one-on-one um, save rate as well. Off the top of my head, yeah. I remember that being very. Impressive. I think the one. I think the one at the weekend was just instinct. I mean, it's really easy to sit back and watch that on a replay and say the goalkeeper should have done this. Um, but it was firstly, it was an incredible pass. I don't know how many players that the, the pass went through. Three, but it it was a really, really good pass. Perfectly weighted, perfectly and you've accurate. Got, you've got an experienced striker there. Top who, scorer. He's done that so many times in his career, hasn't he? Um, and, and, you know, I think it would be harsh to... I, I know you didn't do this, but it would be harsh to sort of say on that it's his fault, I think. It's just one of those goals where you go, it's one-on-one. One-on-one, I always favour the striker. And um, it, it was a game where if, if our striker was owned, was Doyle, yep. we'd probably have three points. I should say this: these numbers are a bit out of date because I haven't updated all the the day space I have. So I think this is going back to the Cheltenham game. Sixty-six, well, two-thirds of one-on-one sh- uh, shots he has saved. That's good. In fact, that what, good. that's Very also good. noting that one of them was missed as well. So six out of ten he saved. That is very good. In all fairness, I didn't realize. I kind of had had an inkling it would be. It would be decent. I did not think it would be that good. Sorry, but... that's four. Sorry, I meant to say that's four out of six. But on target, four out of five. Remember, that's from a few weeks back, though, so I'm not updated it. Yeah, well, they, even better than that. But those are those are great numbers for one on ones. But they're, I, I think most keepers probably wouldn't even have half one on ones, would they? I, I, yeah, I guess, indeed. But... Remy Matthews, the only one I remember having a rate that high. Remy Matthews was incredible at one on ones. He seemed to save. I'm sure it probably wasn't this. I'm sure you've got the exact number, but it, it genuinely don't. seemed okay. You know, it genuinely seemed like he saved pretty much all of them, bar the odd one or two. I remember against felt... Northampton. I think he saved three in that game, didn't he? Northampton. Which game was that? that we was, lost. Oh, the old, <laughs> old, dreadful one. That game. <laughs> yeah, that that absolutely awful game. Yeah, he did. Bristol Rovers. He he, he made one, I think, and some some other. Um, I've also got Peter key Brody saves. Too. At forty-three percent, key saves being um, not just one-on-ones, but you know, close-range shots, basically big chances for other teams that he saved, including penalties. Mm. So that's also a very high rate. We should be expecting that conversion rate to be a bit higher. 
Okay, maybe. Okay, yeah, with on reflection, then maybe not. Um, maybe not for Saturday, but I think I certainly would be looking at taking them out of the team if he if his performances continue to, t- to trend downwards. But you're right; he, he had he has done well overall. Um, that's, that's actually nearly sixty percent if you take out the ones which are missed, because obviously that's including. Uh, misses as well. So if you just look yeah. at shots versus saves, it's over sixty percent for key saves. Fair play. Now that, 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 that those are cracking numbers, and I didn't really realise quite how good they'd be. So you, you probably do have a point in all fairness. But um, yeah, I uh, well, I've, I've, I've lost track of what I was saying. Like, yeah, okay. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, I'm back. I'm back in the room. I wouldn't take him out just yet. But I, uh, I, I would. I would say that he he has cause to kind of keep an eye out for his place with if his performance can continue to decline a little but you're right there are there are a lot game, more who'd have thought after that game we'd be talking about not Palmer should be dropped <laughs> okay right let's wrap this one up there are a lot um, more predictions for uh let's do carlisle and orient because we might not record the latest podcast before orient oh i've already made one prediction five nil um so we're going to stick with that um, that i did say last time you're on the podcast well what well, i did say a while ago so, I still believe this in all truth, and this isn't me mucking about. That some team is going to take a hammering off us. I do like an absolute that, but I don't hammering. believe it anymore. I think we need a few changes to the teams. Get I don't. I think performances have got um, significantly worse since. I don't feel like we're anywhere near that sort of. There's a hammering on the way feeling. There might be one, a bit like last season when we beat Scunthorpe four one, despite being you know in a relatively bad run of form. So it could be one, but I don't feel like it's building up to it. Four one isn't really a hammering though. I feel a hammering is at least a four goal margin, if not more. I feel four one doesn't quite right. quantify. Well, hammer. I'm not gonna. Not I'm not gonna argue over what. What, what hammer? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not fussed over what is or isn't a hammering. I'm gonna say five nil to Argo uh, on Saturday, um, and I'm gonna run in to get a hat trick um, just after this, and um, I'll do wonder what odds I'd get for that now. Um, and then I reckon a two-one on the uh, on the Tuesday night. Targa. Of course, two. The, 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 yeah, Targa. Of course, the Tuesday night is going to be huge because Carl Fletcher's back in town. Um, so uh, that'll be interesting. Sam, I I think we'll win both um, just because neither of the teams are playing are particularly good. So I think we'll beat Carlisle. <laughs> um, I think we'll beat Carlisle two-one. I think we'll be Orient three-one. I don't know. We haven't won back-to-back games since... Colchester uh, and Crew. Yeah, exactly. The first two. Um, we've only won one league game since August. Crikey, yeah, that's bad, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, but I've, I... I... Uh, and then let's not forget, no Danny Mayer for the first one. You, you're making potential new manager bounce. You're thinking that teams are likely to dig in. How are we going to break that? If Carlisle sit beyond the ball, how are we going to break them down? With no Danny Mayer, it's going to be harder, isn't it? Because we lean on him as our main creative force. Um, I'm going to go for a win and a draw, but I don't know which which way around at this point. I, I think the the thing for me that, that still gives me... Don't get me wrong, I'm not happy, overly happy where we are in the league at the moment or with performances. I think you know we should be doing better than we are. But the, but even the optimist in me, and that that's a small part of me, because I'm usually a grumpy sod, is that when you listen to people like Schumacher come out and say, look, we really believe in this, we aren't going to change this. Now, okay, you could argue, well, actually, you know, insanity is the definition of, you know, doing the same thing twice and expecting uh, different results. But they've got a lot of confidence in themselves, haven't they, the pair of them, in Lowe and Schumacher. Schumacher and... 
I'm, I'm not willing to give up on that optimism that they have just yet. So, so I think I'm confident just before we play City, just before we get this good run of fixtures, we'll pick it up, um, get a good result on uh, on Saturday, and hopefully kick on from there. I should say it's all well and good them saying that, but they did change it. Mansfield, we played a far more defensive strategy designed on you know countering and not having the ball that much. We took that into Scunthorpe, it didn't work for. We changed back and we went to Swindon. So that doesn't make we went to good... Swindon and lined up twice to you know not hold the ball, but rather to hit on the counter. Doesn't make a good newspaper article though, does it, Nick? No, it doesn't. Doesn't make for a, doesn't I mean, make for a good end to this podcast, does it? <laughs> if, Encouraging if, people to get out there and support the team. <laughs> we're going to win five nil, and runners getting a hat trick. You know, run scores. We could have ended it. We could have ended it there on that positive note. If Rudden scores a hat trick, then Sam will eat his hat. Yeah, pretty much. I've run, I will be amazed if Rudden scores a hat trick. I... When Rudden scores yeah. a hat trick. Cool. That's all. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to. Uh, what was it? I was about to say like and subscribe then. Um, so, oh, it's the same last time this happened. I almost said that too. Um, last time I hosted, rather. Get Josh back. Yeah. I will remove that from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Um, uh, please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and uh, iTunes and Spotify. God, it's been a while since I did this. What happened and to Stitcher? Is Stitcher now defunct? Stitcher's still it? a thing. No, no, it's still there. Just didn't push it as much. Anyhow, um, well, Stitcher as well. Then everyone. Yeah, there's it, loads of different services. Um, what the f- is Stitcher? Yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't say it. Anyhow, <laughs> and keep up to date on Argyle.life for all the latest Argyle Life articles. Thank you all so much for listening, and good night. Good night. Cheers. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.